Triple H 100.1 FM. Joining me today is a very, very special guest in the studio right now is Tarasai Voucher. Thanks so much for joining me. Now, Tarasai, you were a contestant on Australian Idol. Yes, and it was a very funny exit too. (laughs) Yes. But thinking back to the start, if we can go back to the start and, you know, looking back now, you know, what was that experience like, like going into it in the beginning? Um, Well, looking back at it now, well, time flies. It's about how many years ago? Um, 13 years ago, I think. Um, And it was just right about this month that I was starting auditioning. And uh, looking back at it and then watching some of my students do similar shows, um, The Voice, X Factor, da da da, Australia's Got Talent, rah rah rah. Um, I can say it was not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still wonder how I actually survived. Yeah. Okay. To that extent. Like, seriously, thinking about it now, maybe it's because I was a bit young. Mm. So, you know, when you get down to thinking about a lot of things, I remember having a heated argument with my mum about going on that show and she's like Teresa you're still at uni and I need you to focus at uni I was like oh whatever I'm actually going to go through it and I actually did and she was actually shocked that I kept on going far well I mean when I auditioned I didn't think I would go further but I kept on finding myself going to the next round next round I was like hey wait a minute I don't think I can stop this anymore I think I just have to give in and just continue so that's how I auditioned so I was not really serious when I went for it it was just like a trial and error and then I just found okay okay I'm actually accepted here and I'm actually loved okay so let's continue and that's what I did wonderful yeah it was spontaneous yeah yeah because you made it right up to you know the top five which was incredible an incredible achievement oh thank you so yeah so I after, you know, that whole experience, um, you got through Idol. You also have been doing, you know, many other things as well. So you were also involved in The Lion King. Yeah. How did that all come about? That was amazing. Um, Lion King, I was studying music theatre, um, Bachelor of Music Theatre at the Australian Institute of Music. And um, my head teacher, Jennifer Murphy, was asked by Disney um, I think Leon Shoney, she auditions for The Voice as well. She, like, she casts. And she's like, listen, I'm looking for in your group if you have people that are really good singers and that match for The Lion King. And she only said, I've got one girl. But she's always late for uni, like, all the time. And I just hope she won't embarrass me. And at that time, I was just about to graduate the degree anyway. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so she recommended me. And then um, while I was, um, that audition took about nine months. So it was literally throughout the year and it was tough. I remember it was, we had, I had gruesome moments through it, going out, coming back. And um, that's how I got it, uh, through a recommendation from my teacher at uni. And I remember um, when I got the phone call, I'd actually gone to Zimbabwe for about three weeks or a month mm-hmm. and I was actually sleeping from jet lag and the producer calls me Disney and she's like Tarasai it's Paula from Walt Disney and I'm like 
what do you want? Because I didn't know who she was. Yeah. Like, it just didn't register in my mind. She's like, I'd like to offer you the job for uh, The Lion King, uh, Walt Disney. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I was like, is this for real? She's like, would you like to do your costume fittings tomorrow? And like, remove hair extensions. You're going to be playing. Tomorrow is a Wednesday and we'll schedule you for fitting. So when I went in there, I was like, listen, you better be serious. Because once I've come here for fitting, like, it was literally the fittings were from nine till five and we're actually paid which is great that was Mm -hmm. my first pay from Walt Disney those hours and I was like you better be serious because after trying to figure all these costumes for the whole day and I'm talking about costumes with like you know puppets Mm. like really heavy stuff Mm. and trying on the grasslands things and I was like you better not change your mind because I mean it was a dream it was a dream come true I mean people like Asha have tried for the Lion King and they've been declined like they've been denied so that favor so I was really grateful you know Lion King is epic it's yes. Like worldwide. Once you're in Lion King, honey, just know you're rolling. Yeah. So that was good. I was really happy. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. And uh, you played uh, Rafiki, didn't you? And you played the. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hyena. What Shenzi? Shenzi. Yeah. I was Shenzi, Rafiki, and I was part of the ensemble as well. Okay. So, so you had plenty of roles. We had plenty of roles yes. inside, and it was just fun to change for the three years it was really good excellent yeah. and i'm assuming you saw the film as well beforehand and so getting to play the characters yeah but that confused us in auditions because what's on the like in the movie is not what you do on stage it's different things and obviously some of the stuff we failed most of the things are like but how come this is in the movie and they're like no honey even if it's in the movie you're not supposed to do it like that because stage is more like you've got to give more out in terms of acting wise more than the movie than the animation so a few different things were there but um, it was an amazing show it's an amazing show and you're also part of Madiba the musical yes yes how's that um that was a very beautiful musical. It was written by a French guy, um, and he—I think he did a—he did a great job. Um, it was a few things that were really touching, like the story, um, just facing reality of what um, Africans, South Africans, used to go through. That was intense, and we would get up to a time where. Um, reading through the story and acting it out it was it was quite heavy and uh we had few hitches there uh damaged vocals during rehearsals oh, into no. into the tour and i remember it was gruesome i didn't talk for a week i was just sleeping at home and if i had to go to you know, the shops or do whatever. I remember walking to a bank and writing on a little notepad that I'm sorry, I can't talk. I've lost my voice at the moment. My vocal cord has ripped out a little bit, so I can't talk. That was gruesome. And I remember one show, Ruva was playing Winnie Mandela and she was my cover for Sandy. And Tim O'Matic was um, my partner. And um, that was the day we found out that I was not allowed to sing from the ENT or talk and she just said, look, there's nothing she can do. And my cover, Rua wasn't ready for my Wrong. cover. And her cover wasn't ready as well. Because we had just opened the show oh, no. in Melbourne. And Rua had to mime for me. So she was a backstage for Sandy, miming and singing, reading the role. And Tim was just there listening to me mime. I mean, it was funny. And we had to explain to the audience before the show started. The director, Neil, came. And everyone was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. And people were very understanding. But me at the back of my mind, I just went into my 
stage manager's office and I started crying oh. because I wasn't sure what was going to happen to me. I mean, but within a week, um, Deb and Neil, our ENTs in Melbourne, they checked me. Mm-hmm. It started getting better. And I think I was literally in rehab between Melbourne and Sydney, not singing everything until we got to probably Perth. So half of that tour, I would like to say New Zealand, I gave it my best, but the beginning of it, um, it was really intense and getting back to it because you're scared to lose your voice again and all that. But it was overall was a great show. But the first half, I'll tell you, I I literally went through a lot, a whole lot of things. How did you keep going? Like, what was it that kept you saying, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to keep turning up on stage and I'm going to keep doing it. Um, Literally, you have no choice because you've got a lead role, right? If it wasn't like it was ensemble, and I mean the 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 contracts were divided into half. So after p- between Melbourne and Perth was just the Australian one, and then New Zealand one was in the other half. And I remember, and I was thinking, God, what are they going to say? Tara, you're not coming to New Zealand. That was my first thought, and I was like, Okay, stop freaking out. Nothing like that will happen. But they were very supportive, and I remember, like, I think about three point five. 3500 was spent in like just the checkup just that and i remember them deciding whether they should operate and laser it out to stick on. it on back but it didn't it just healed by itself and Your i was throat. really grateful i really thanked god for that but um yeah i I, came, I got back to normal by the time i was in new zealand i was perfect but i had to keep going because i had no choice i was on tour and um, I remember that that week I was not talking at all. I was just sleeping at home and going shopping, of course, not talking to anyone, just texting. It was and sleeping more. And you just don't know what's coming up and just having that appointment and having the ENT look down upon your throat to see what's going on. And you're looking at it on the camera and improvements happening. I, I mean, I was happy, but it scared everybody out. Like mm-hmm. in like on the team, on our team, the singers were scared. I remember Raw was starting to freak out. And that's when she was like, Tara's like, I can't cover you anymore. Give it to Max. Because I think she was also scared. Because, you know, we were the strongest singers then, just me and her. So she was kind of left alone for about three weeks while I was kind of, you know. Recovering. Yeah, recovering. Your- yeah. But I had to keep going. You just have to. Because sometimes the circumstances give you no choice. I mean, if it was Disney where there were... So many animals, I mean, well, animals, for goodness sake, 30-something <laughs> people, you could go and leave for like uh, three, four weeks and rest. But Madiba didn't have enough cast members or covers. So we had to back each other up. That was the hardest thing as well. But it just worked out. We just gelled together. We just did it. And we finished the tour strong. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, what a great, what a great story. It is a great story. <laughs> Scary, but Scary, great. But like, you, know, you pulled through. You pulled I through did. and you healed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so since then, you've also released, you know, your album. You had Redemption that uh, you released. Yes, that was straight after Lion King. And I was mm-hmm. meant to release one last year, but we had little hitches and hiccups. Mm-hmm. And one is coming up this year, um, which I was actually looking at the vocals last night for oh, one of the songs. Okay. And we're working on it. Guys, it's almost coming up. Uh-uh. Can we can we get a little taste of what it's about or what kind of theme this one will um, be around? Yes, the title is Victorious. Uh, basically, all these things that people go through out in the world and you still got to learn to stand up and strong. Well, I'm a very strong Christian. So basically, based my basis is basically Jesus just being my strength. And it's basically describing how victorious Jesus Christ is in my life and 
how much um, dif- of a difference he's, you know, become in my life in bringing me victory in so many trials and tribulations. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So you've been writing. So you've been writing for a while. And you've been putting the songs together. We've been putting the songs together. Um, one song was written by one of my friends. It was like, Tarzai, there's a song I really want to give you. And I was like, oh, th- on this journey, I think I'm, 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 I'm writing. I just, I really want to write and, and be mean. It's like, please just listen to it. Please just listen to it. And I listened to it and I was like, hey, oh my God, I actually love this song. And it's a really, really good song entitled Mighty God. And I, I really like it. So that's just one of them. So we've got, um, really good stuff coming up and yeah it's really exciting so is that where you get a lot of your kind of inspiration from like the lord from other christian music or in your christian background christian background a lot of prayer mm-hmm. like meditation and um, i spend time alone mm-hmm. a lot so that gives me time although you know times can be very busy i remember i just came back from the caribbean on holiday Woo-hoo. and i was like Oh, I'll get time to write there. But I found myself sleeping and partying with cruise ship people. And I was like, okay, done, dusted. This was meant to be like a writing session for me. But I found myself meeting new people and having fun. And hey there, writing up somewhere else and partying and having fun is just in. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time by myself. Um to write and you know yeah and meditate upon the word and you know that's where the lyrics come up and that's where the inspiration comes from listening to other singers um having communication with great singers Miranda Curtis is one of my inspirations and she encourages me here and there we have chats on Instagram she's a great woman and she really encourages and inspires me so yeah really really good and so what led you to start singing in the beginning like where did you feel it all began for you um well there was years ago i was still in zimbabwe you know i've moved um i settled in australia when i was 14 mm-hmm. and now i'm turning 33 this year of course i wanted to hide Woo! my age but anyway i think it's on the imdp whatever oh, so it's it? just already too late <laughs> To hide uh, the age, <laughs> it's gone. I don't revealed everything, guys. So dusted, done and dusted. So anyway, since I was three, I've been singing. Um, my mom's younger sister, she's late now. She was a really good singer, so she lived with us for a while. So we used to sing together, and I think that's where the inspiration came from. I know my mom and my dad always argue, like, oh, the singing gift came from us. And I said to my dad, I don't think it came from y'all, guys, because. <laughs> Everybody there is a doctor, a pharmacist, a psychologist, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I studied, a, I've got a degree in psychology Ooh. as well. So mm-hmm. um, they're all, we're all like really educated people. And so is my mom's side. But they're also singers from my mom's side. My mm-hmm. cousins sing. The only person from my dad's side is uh, the Black Panther actress, Anagura. She's my second cousin. Is so she, she seriously? Yes, she is. So she's the only one. Me and her are the only ones who are into arts. And her father is like a professor, like her uncles are professors. So they're all like, you know, people that are really like educated academic people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's got a degree in arts as well. Mm-hmm. So do I. So we are academic at the same time we've got the art side so it's just me and her from my dad's side and wow. I was like I and she doesn't really sing so I was like nah this is not from your side it's from mum's side <laughs> so quit it honey <laughs> yeah oh my gosh I didn't know you were related yeah That's we are super crazy oh she's done really well and it's really nice just to um 
have someone that's doing really well in Hollywood. I mean, she's come a long way mm-hmm. and she's she does playwrights as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember she was just complaining to dad and she's like, you know, I really wanted my playwrights to, you know, to feature a lot in Zimbabwe, but because of the economic things, like, mm-hmm. you know, the hardships, I really wanted to promote Zimbabweans and, you know, but it's just been a bit difficult. So she writes her own plays and she, she's a great writer. She's a really great writer. And um, yeah, she's done really, really well. That's so, incredible. Both Dead of you. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Walking Dead to, of but, course, Black Panther. Mm. And of course, she got plenty. I'm sure she has other stuff lined up yeah, as well. So. She's got other stuff lined up with Marvel. So that's really, really good. She's done pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Really well. Both of you, you know, heading Thank the you. arts. Woo, woo. We're in the arts, darling. <laughs> now... Considering your journey so far and yeah. what you've achieved and all your achievements, what kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to, you know, start singing? Would you th- would you say, you know, go on to these, you know, singing competitions as well? Or, yeah, what would you say? Um, well, looking back from the time I've had, uh, and uh, what did I have? Like a podcast thing mm-hmm. about these um, television shows. Um, now it's basically like a short-term um, gimmick that you can use truth be told murder me if you want or not but anyway I'm just going to be honest back mm. in the day when we when we did it it was pretty much big mm. and people were into watching um, live television like you know channels channel 7, 9 and 10 yeah. but now they stand there's Netflix there's YouTube yeah. and people are focused more on that so and I feel like that has kind of decreased the rate at which people enjoy these shows more. I don't know why it's it's been like that. Um, so for the time that I looked, it was easy for Sony to sign us back in the day. They could sign a whole top six. They usually used to sign a whole top ten sometimes mm-hmm. because now the music industry in Australia, um, without live gigs... It's done. It's dusted. It's gone. So they've kind of cut budgets even for recording-wise, even for video clips and things like that. It's becoming tougher. So the way they sign people is is kind of rare. They don't just sign people easily as they used to. Before, they used to pick up like a whole top top of idol and say, look, you got record deals. But now they just pick probably one. And good luck if that one person is signed for at least a year. Like seriously, if they don't make a hit, goodbye, you're in the garbage bin. So I feel like now for reality TV shows, if you're going to try out for it, you got to have um, a good plan that after you can be able to release independently and um, have build a strong social media mm-hmm. platform for yourself because it seems like social media is running everything. Now today, if someone goes on live and say says um, creates a drama, a little dramatic story, everyone might be like, oh my God, let me click here and watch. Yeah. That's what it is like now. So I mean, if you have that kind of plan, it's good. And I was speaking to one of my students who's trying out for The Voice this year and she was like, I want to try, I want to try. And we're talking to him, we're saying, look, um, this is great for you, but you've got to have a backup plan that after you finish and you're out, you've got to have a single ready that when they release you off from that contract, you're ready to just start releasing and, uh, you know, bump up your social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, quickly and build it up so that once you lift yourself up, otherwise, if you don't, you just bec- become a quiet game mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So it's really different from the, the years that we that we we did it. It was easier at that time. But now it's it's kind of a bit hard. So it's just one of those short term things that you can use. And um, yeah, and I think it's still it's still great just to 
to for exposure really really good i mean if you want to win great um you can you can push through it's difficult though i mean it's song choices every week and the stress the media the family they can really get to you i'll say um friends stories that come out a lot of things you know just the change because you don't really have i feel like for children like for 16 year olds 20 year olds it's like for me um one minute one night i was on tv and i was catching the train to uni and i just got on the train and everybody knew me and i was like okay that's when it came like open up my mind that actually my life has changed from this day and i wasn't ready for that Mm -hmm. you know whereas when you are given a a grooming process they give you time to counsel you that look these things are going to change you're not going to have a normal life anymore you're going to be a public figure you're going to be careful blah 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 but with reality tv shows they don't give you time for that because all they want to do is have ratings money and things like that so it's one of those things you've got to think about your like for yourself that am i ready to just be you know bumped up like that one night you're a normal person next night you're famous oh my god you can't even go to the mall without high school kids mobbing you and running um towards you and then when things go quiet it's like some of us had a really good exit that was dramatic which was really funny so having that you just know that you're going to get into the mall and everyone's going to be oh my god they're onto you and some people have had really bad exits like mm. i mean really kind of sad and quiet and that they don't sing anymore i know people in my in my in my year for idol they don't even sing anymore so the only people that are still singing literally seriously is just me and matt corby everybody else is kind of like um kind of dusted to be mm. honest yeah and some people gave it up some people went and had children mm. opening restaurants and doing things some mm. people are pilots now captains Ooh, okay so they could they kind of quit the game mm. so the people that were left is, is just me and matt corby really in that stream out of 12 people mm. you see what i mean yeah, I so I it's mean. it's so a plan is yeah, good a plan least. is good mm-hmm. and as you grow people i i think they decide to go different ways mm-hmm. and yeah it's yeah and can i ask just a quick question you keep saying you're students you have a school or do you do you no, have no, no. i own? teach privately um Ooh. i coach i'm very selective because yeah. at the time mm. i'm very selective so i coach a few people like singing um vocals and yeah nice yeah. Well, Tarasai, I have one final question for you. What is twenty? What is your 2020 all about? So this year being 2020, I uh, just want to see, you know, what, what your vision is for 2020. Um, or if you have one. My vision? Yeah, do you have one? I'm releasing a fragrance. I've designed one. Yeah? So that's coming up with the album launch as well. Okay. So that's the main, main thing I'm focused on, the album and the fragrance. Um, it's been ongoing. I designed it when I was on tour during the silent moment when I couldn't sing and it just came up the idea and, um, a lot of people love it. And I had three and I had to pick one out of the three. And, um, that one is the one that's topping up. So that's on the way. So that's really interesting. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's got to work hard. Yeah. So that's it. Oh my gosh, Tarasai, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for coming in. 
Thank you so much. And guys, I just want to have a shout out. I've got my spiritual mother, Reverend Patrice, and she's releasing her first book, uh, which I feel is going to be really good. This is on the 7th of March 2020 at God's Power Ministries, number one, Two Hill Road in Weatherall Park. And it's entitled All That I Am. So with ladies that are preparing to meet their boys, um, Oh, so like their man. Yes. And yeah, yeah. just getting to know yourself, recognizing yourself as an individual, mm-hmm. what you can offer, uh, what you can bring to the table and just being confident in yourself as a girl. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those books that will be available on all online stores, Amazon, Google Store as well. Something to grab for your children, like people with daughters, people who are already married, newly married, so they can, you know, improve. And for those that feel like, oh my God, how did I get into this? This is difficult. It's one of those books that you will love and that will give you nuggets. Can I ask a question? Because it's yeah. Valentine's Day. Uh, okay, Valentine's Day. Um, wow. So that was like weirdly a really good tie up. Tie in with, <laughs> <laughs> with all of that. Your spiritual mother. What what does that mean? Please explain. Okay. So she's a pastor to me. Yeah. So spiritually she mothers me, gives us guidance. Okay. And um, she's definitely our, like our pastor, our church pastor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Releasing yeah. a book all about love. Which is the message of today because it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's and Day, guys. I hope you all have a good Valentine's Day. Yes, I, I will. I definitely will. <laughs> Woohoo! Thanks again, Tarasai. And if you want to find out more about Tarasai, go on over to her socials. She is on Facebook. She's also on Instagram, Tarasai Vouche. Go give her a like. Go give her a follow. Thanks again, Tarasai. Thank you so much, everybody.